right, well, good morning to everyone and welcome to The Well here at STSA, where we are in part three, our finale of a series called The Meaning of Money. And we are doing something in this, in this series, which I told you in the very beginning, something that has never been done in the history of the church ever before and probably never again. We have an entire month spent on talking about money without ever asking for any of it ourselves, which is something that I made to you, I promise, at the very beginning. And... Um, Got one more session to go. So you say to yourself, if we are talking about money but not asking for money, why is it that we're talking about it? Like, isn't that the whole point, that you talk about it in church to ask for it? Well, the answer to that is no, because we are taking our lead from our Lord Jesus Christ, who if you study in the New Testament, he spoke about money a lot. We talked about how half of the parables that he gave were actually on the topic of money. And he talked about money more than he talked about heaven or hell or prayer or faith or any of those things, but he did so without ever asking for anyone's money for himself. Because the whole point was, he wasn't talking about money because he wanted to have more of it. He was talking about money because he didn't want it to have us anymore. And that's why we're talking about money as well. Because in the scriptures, it's very clear, in the words of Christ, in the words of St. Paul, in the words of all the writers of the scripture, that money is a dangerous thing. And money, as we talked about in the first week, if you case you didn't know, Jesus said it, and St. Paul said it as well, money is the number one thing that will compete for our, with our hearts for our devotion for God. Money is the number one competitor that if we're not careful, as Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. It's the number one thing. So because of that, that's why we're talking about money. And we looked at the words of Christ when he said you can't have two masters, you can either choose money or you choose God. Let me show you, St. Paul one time said something very similar. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. St. Paul says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. According to St. Paul, we would all agree he's a reliable source. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Now you say to yourself, just like I did last week, if I put a blank up there, for the love of blank is the root of all kinds of evil. What would you put in that blank? We'd say, some of us would say, the love of self is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of the world is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of sin, the love of pleasure, the love of greed, the love of whatever it may be, the love of all these things. If you were asking me, I would say it's the root of all evil for me is love of Costco pizza and ice cream. Like that's, that's, that's the root of all evil for me. But according to St. Paul, it's money that goes in that blank. And that's echoing exactly what Jesus said. Again, we talked about that last week. Not that money is bad. He's not saying money is the root of all kinds of evil. What he's saying is the love of your view of, the way that you approach money, your mindset as you approach finances and money, his point is that the way you view money says a lot more than you may realize. Because actually it's linked to your love for God, and your devotion to God, and your dedication to Him. Or as we always say, the expression is you put your money where your mouth is. Because no matter what you say on Sunday morning, it's how you deal with your finances that is proof of how your heart really is. And that's why Jesus spoke about it. And that's how we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks. And in case you're wondering what that mindset is, okay, this is kind of the theme for this, the, the key thought for this series. And that says this, and I want everyone read along with me, including those who are in Leesburg, read aloud with me here. It says what? It says, money can add meaning to your life, but only when you realize that it's just a means, not the end. Let's say that one more time, all together. Money can add meaning to your life, but only when you realize that it's just a means, not the end. Money is not a bad thing, and money can add tremendous meaning to your life, but only when you realize that it's only there for a purpose. It's not the end in and of itself. 
And that's what we've been talking about. Last week, for those who were here, I challenged you. And I said, in order for us to kind of get our minds right when it comes to money, we're going to jumpstart the process. We're going to like the, the heart that's fluttering. We're going to do the, the clear psh, kind of a thing. Okay. And I challenged everyone here that for two months, for two months, for those who aren't already doing it, for two months, we're going to give away a portion of our money right off the bat. Before we spend, before we save, before we do anything. Most of the time people spend, save, and then give. We're going to flip that around. And you say, wait, I thought you're not going to ask for money. I told you last week, I'm not saying give the money to me. I'm not saying give it to the church. You're welcome to give it to the church, but it's not about the church needs money. It's about find any organization, find any charity, find anyone who's doing great in the world. If you believe in what we're doing, give it here. If you believe in what someone else is doing, give there. It's not about the money. It's about us having the right mindset. So we said last week, challenge ourselves. That's the jump start. Right off the bat, we're going to give before we do anything else, and we're going to live off the rest. What I want to talk about today as we wrap up is how to turn that challenge, that jump start, into a lifelong habit. How to embed this mindset of money is just a means into my day-to-day life for the long run. And in order to do that, today we're going to play a game, and it's called Two Lies and a Truth the opposite of the game that you play before the icebreaker, two truths and a lie. We're going to do two lies and a truth. And these two lies and this one truth, we're going to go through them. You're going to see, hopefully, how we can have a healthy relationship with money. Because again, in case you're sitting there saying, what's the big deal? Why we need to talk about it? Jesus said money's a big deal. You need to figure this out. St. Paul said the same thing. So that's why we're going to talk about it. But before we do that, I want to show you this verse from Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. It says something interesting. It says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil but a foolish man devours all that he has. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. You know what's interesting about that verse? What it doesn't say. It doesn't say in the house of the wealthy are stores of choice food and oil. That's how we would think of it. We would think the wealthy have a lot of stuff and the poor don't have a lot of stuff. But this has nothing to do with wealthy and, and not wealthy. This has to do with wise and foulish. It doesn't say those who have six figure income have choice of, 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 of stores of choice food. It doesn't say those who have a rich uncle who just went to heaven recently. They're the ones with the choice food. It doesn't say any of that stuff. It has nothing to do with your income. It has nothing to do with your wealth. It has to do with your wisdom and your foolishness. So let me ask you a question. Which sounds like you right here? This says wise people always have stuff to spare. It says foolish people, whatever they get, they spend it. Not rich, not poor. Wise have always to spare. Foolish spend all. Which one sounds more like you? Let me give you a visual. Here's a visual of what this verse would look like. Okay, you got two axes here. You got money on the top, and then you got time on the left. In theory, all of us started when we were zero years old, and we had zero income. And then over time, our income grew at whatever level it is. Okay, the amount isn't as important. And while our income grew, our spending grew as well. And hopefully, it grew like this like the way the picture is up on the screen, where the income went up and the spending went up, but not at the same rate. Now, in between the income and the spending, sorry, we're going back to Econ 101 right here, is something called margin, that green area. And I'm telling you this, I don't know, a lot of people in this room, I never met you before. People watching this video, I never met you before. I don't know anything about you, but I know this about you. I show you that picture up on the screen, you want that. You want that. That's your dream. And you should want that because that's a good place to be in life. Because that's a place, I've always said this, the best things in life happen in the margin. The best things in life happen in the margin. You know when your finances look like that, you know what you can do? When your finances look like that, you walk in from, you come home from work, 
after a long day or long week, whatever it is, and you come to your wife and you say, you know what, honey? Pack your bags. Kids are going to the grandparents. We're going away for the weekend. Surprise. We're going to a bed and breakfast. We're just going to go spend some quality time together. Just get away from our kids. Get away from everything. Just me and you. When your picture looks like this, you think about your children and college, okay? And you don't think like, okay, which bank am I going to rob in order to get my kids to go to college? When your finances look like this. When your finances look like this, you think about your children and whether or not you go to private school, it's something called a choice for you. It's an option for you. You make that decision. It's not made for you. You have finances that look like this. This is where you sleep easier at night. This is where things are a little bit calmer and more peaceful in the house. This is where you fight less. This is where you're more generous. This is where you are more blessed in life. This is where you don't stress when you hear about layoffs in the same way because you have margin. And you know what? This margin, your financial margin, can actually be used to create margin in other areas of life as well. You can use financial margin to create time margin, another area that we don't have enough of. But if you have financial margin, you can say, you know what? I'm going to buy some time. I'm going to hire a cleaning company to come clean my house. You know what? I'm going to use that extra couple hours, you know, to, to do something with my kids. You can say, I'm going to hire that, 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 that little teenager across the street to mow my lawn. There's another hour and a half I could spend with my own kids every single week. When you have financial margin, all the good things in life happen. And that's why you need to do whatever it takes, legally, of course, <laughs> to achieve this. You need to do whatever it takes to achieve this picture right here. The problem is, most of us, this is not how we live our lives. It's closer to this, isn't it? Closer to that. And I put that up there, and some of you, here comes the stress. Just the picture on the screen. There's the stress. There's the anxiety. There's the worry. Unfortunately, for many of us, we have allowed income to dictate spending. And when income goes up, spending goes up. Income goes up more, spending goes up more. And we've allowed one to drive the other. The more I get, the more I spend. And this is the picture of the exact opposite of everything I said. This is when you never come home and say, surprise getaway. This is when you come home and you say, who ordered this? And who said this? We don't need a new vacuum, another new vacuum. We got to This is when you come home and you think to yourself, okay, single people, this is when you say to yourself, I've been working very hard. It's time for me to move out of my parents' house, start my own, but I can't. Because I've been working for years, but I got nothing saved up. So I got to spend another year here at my parents' house. This is when, I'm not going to even get to the example when the spending is higher than the income. Okay, I'm not going to get to that. Because that is where we're really going to be in trouble. But this is when you hear a sermon about giving. Or you read in the scripture that says that if you don't give, you're stealing, you're robbing from God. And here's the important part. You're 1,000% convinced of that, but you can't do anything about it. You're 1,000% convinced that that's the right thing to do and that God will bless you if you do it. But where? Where's it going to come from? This is when you got real marriage problems. This is when you got real health problems. This is when you really can't sleep at night. This is when you really got anxiety. This is when, especially like I said, when that income, when the spending is higher, this is when this is so perfect for our world today. This is when you have so much stuff that you don't enjoy any of it. Because you're juggling debt from this credit card to this credit card just to keep it. And you just move things around from here to there. So you got stuff 
No one's had more stuff than you, but you don't enjoy any of it. And here's the important part. Listen very carefully to me on this one, because I know this is going to fly in the face of what we think. This has nothing to do with your level of income. This problem, if you have this problem, whether your income is $50,000 or $250,000 a year, you're going to have the exact same problem. Now you're sitting there saying, Father Anthony, that ain't true. If I had an income of $250,000, like we've all thought it. If my income was $250,000, actually I wouldn't have any stress, I wouldn't have any problems. Are you sure about that? One study says that you are wrong because it did a survey. And it said that people who make on average $250,000 a year actually have more stress than people who make $50,000 a year income. Can you believe that? You wouldn't believe it on paper, but I promise you in talking to people, that's 100% true. You know why? Because when you have an, a lifestyle of 200, if this is the way you live, income matches spending. So really the income, it doesn't matter. If this is the way you spend, if, if it's 50, 250, doesn't, 500, doesn't matter. If you're gonna let your income drive your spending, it's always gonna be the same. You know what's harder? What's harder? To replace a lifestyle of $50,000 a year or a lifestyle of $250,000 a year? If you're allowing your spending to be correlated with your income, then you know what? It's a, the more you go up, the a lot harder it is to replace that lifestyle. That's why there's more pressure. And that's why I go back to the verse that I showed you earlier. Now with that picture in mind and that pressure, now maybe you understand why the love of money, as St. Paul says, is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness. And here's the important part. Pierced themselves. They did it to themselves. No one did it to them. They pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is us. Our problem is not financial. I promise you, our problem is not our income. Our problem is not the stock market. Our problem is our mindset. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a financial thing. That's why actually, okay, this verse where he says, love money is the root of all kinds of evil. I want to show you the verse right before. Look what he says. He says, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into which many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men. That's the world today. Drown men in destruction and perdition. St. Paul is not saying, we need money for the church. Or we need to collect for the, the poor. And he's not saying any of that stuff. He's saying, people, I'm trying to help you because I see people out there drowning. And that's the same message here. And that gets us to our truth for today. We're 